Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome home. So one of the things that I realized and I'm starting to pay more attention to is that I have a tendency of being over mindful, like to the to the to the extent to where now it's causing me to um, work things around or move things around or to operate or maneuver myself in a way um, that even sometimes make things more inconvenient for me because I'm constantly thinking of thinking about how my actions or how I move could potentially impact, influence someone else, right? And I think to a certain to a certain extent, that's a powerful place to always operate from because especially in your, if you're in the kind of work that I'm in, when you're constantly trying to engage and intrigue a certain thought process that's going to be helpful for um, inspiring and connecting the dots for someone psychologically to kind of help them level up and connect to their lives in a more powerful way, I think it's a good thing. But oftentimes I find that having a better balance at learning when to not allow it to dominate every aspect of my life where I can kind of at sometimes kind of turn or dial down a little bit because I find that sometimes it shows up in different and in in inconvenient situations. And here's and here's an example as as far as being overly mindful and how it can have an annoying or uh, or uh, uh, I don't know, a distracting or an inconvenient way of impacting my life personally. Right. So now I live in a city and like most, you know, when you're driving around or if you're parking along the side of the road and you paying a meter or whatever, and you're getting out of your car. If you happen to be somewhere that has a lot of traffic, chances are people are dying to get in your spot whenever it is, it, whenever it becomes time for you to leave, right? So if you happen to park on the street and, and as you're walking towards your car, if, if there's no other parking around, what you'll start seeing is people in their automobiles, they'll start migrating towards or following you, slowly following you to see what vehicle you're going to get into. I think that's something we all can kind of have some kind of point of reference for, right? Whether it's in a grocery store, circling the parking lot a couple times and seeing someone come out the store and you're seeing, okay, where are they going? How can I position myself to get their parking spot? So that's not foreign, right? We've all had that experience. But what I find is that a lot of times there's times where either I want to get some reading done in my in my car, with my car on and my AC going, I want to field a phone call, I want to kind of catch up on some notes that I need to write down from a coaching session, whatever. There's often times where I just want to get in my car, sit in my car, and I don't necessarily want to go anywhere or have anywhere to go at that moment. But I carry, I carry a lot of, it impacts me a lot when I know that someone's waiting for my spot. 
And it could be easily, you could say, well, Fahim, why don't you just tell the person that you're not moving? Which, fair enough, I do that oftentimes where I'll, I'll wave them off and say, you know what, I apologize, I'm not leaving right now. And, you know, you get a, you know, you get a variety of different people responding in different ways, right? You get the person who's like annoyed and, the, and then sometimes you get the person that just speeds off. Whatever, whatever they decide to do, that's fine. But sometimes I find that I'm so mindful of not wanting to either seem like I don't care about that person who needs the spot or putting myself in a position of letting someone down. I see it as letting you down, not being able to provide you my parking spot that I will literally start looking over the streets to survey whether or not people are circling around before I even make a beeline to my car. And if I make a beeline to my car, sometimes I'll run to my car to try to get in, turn a car on before anyone noticed me. That's insane. Like, I think we can all agree, like, wow, that's a bit much. Like, come on, that's a bit much. I mean, you're literally walking out, tiptoeing to your vehicle, running whenever no one's trapped, just to get in your car, be able to sit comfortably without worrying about someone wondering if you're gonna leave or not. I mean, so I just think it's funny because now that I get a little wiser, you get a little bit longer on this path, you start seeing, okay, you know, I think a lot of times when you talk about being mindful and you, and you talk about connecting more consciously into the life that, you, that you're leading or to your purpose or to whatever roles that you're playing or whatever impact you have on this world, I think oftentimes the conversations that we aren't having is that sometimes if that's Tao too high up, it can also influence us in a negative way. It can also kind of put us more in a mindset or in a, in a mind space of overanalyzing everything or, or becoming too over over uh, over conscious about the impact or the perceived inconvenience of someone else and inconveniencing yourself as a re- as in in return. So that was just a funny thing that I kind of settled on later on today or this afternoon when I saw myself doing it, and I and I knew the reason behind why I was doing it was a very beautiful and thoughtful way, or reason behind why I was doing it. But the fact that I was doing it, I had to laugh at myself and I said, okay, well, that's that's insane. Like you. you <laughs> You, you can, you can, there are some opportunities for growth there. So let's, let's dive in there a little bit, but I just thought I would share because I'm sure someone on the other end of this call may be able to relate to that. And if not, I'm sure you have your own variations of that where being mindful or paying attention to, um, the, the inner workings or the, or the convenience of others at sometimes or sometimes could lead you to be more in conflict with yourself. So what do you do when that? when that moment comes. So I realize that that's all my to-do list for this week is to kind of surrender that. So that's not what we're talking about today. I just felt inspired to share that. What we're talking about today is something that I learned relatively, um, I actually just stumbled upon. And um, ever since finding out about it, I've been really inspired to share it. And I've also been like really encouraged to try to find opportunities where I can level myself up in ways of how I communicate with other people, but also the research that I'm doing, the learning that I'm doing. You know, when I came across this short, sweet, but powerful piece of information, I automatically started looking inward at my life and my thought process to see where it was, where 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 I was applying this um, psychological approach without necessarily being conscious of it. And and that, what I want to talk to you guys about today is something that's so it's a term that's called availability bias, availability bias, right? And what it, essentially what it says is that we tend to overvalue. We tend to put a lot of confidence, we tend to put a lot of value in and of itself in those things that are easier for us to recall. So the things in our lives that we have an ease of being able to recall, any piece of information, any feedback, 
of whatever kind, we tend to overweigh it or overweigh that information or overvalue that information just by the mere just by the mere fact that we can assess that information easily, right? So I, the reason why I thought that was so powerful is because oftentimes, especially in the world that we're living in, we, we're constantly in conversation with people who have different points of views. And a lot of times, a lot of what we believe our truth to be, I wonder how much of it falls into that availability bias. I wonder how much of my truths or certain things that I believe are pretty factual when it comes to any talking points that I, I feel inspired to lean in whenever I'm having a conversation with someone, how much of those hard facts or hard realities are really hard facts and realities or how much of am I attributing a lot of value to it just because it's easier for me to access or to recall. And they talk about this availability bias in the, in the space of psychologically, they say it's a piece of information that you can recall with ease. You can remember it quickly, confidently, completely and fluently. Thus, the availability of the bias is overweight information that you remember quickly, confidently, completely and fluently. We also have so. Right. So. All right. So that's kind of like how it's defined. Now, it also gives an example. And I thought this is, example was pretty spot on. So they say an example of availability bias is we drastically tend to overestimate the likelihood of certain disasters like shark attacks, plane crashes and terrorist attacks. And the reason why they say is because the examples of these disasters are highly available to us. So we overweigh them when we're considering the question like how likely are shark attacks. Right. So here's an important part of understanding availability bias. You can dr drastically and dramatically improve the accuracy of your judgment. Moreover, when you can apply a proven set of communication strategies to activate the availability bias in your favor, right? So for example, here's how they say it's a step-by-step -step way of somewhat swaying or constructing the information that you're trying to either retain or what you're trying to communicate. If there's a point that you're trying to drive home, if you want to make sure that whoever you're in conversation with is leading with that being top of forefront of, of their thought process or top of mind, here are a few things that they say go into consideration when it comes to how to assess and how to connect and how to, I don't know, how to use that availability bias to your benefit. The first thing is we consider the question, right? So the question, how likely are shark attacks? So in processing and considering the question, the first thing is just to understand the question itself. How likely are shark attacks? The second, we associate a cascade of digging up anything related to the question. So we'll start going through this process. Hey, let me see what can I remember about shark attacks? The third, we dig up piece of information quickly. So whatever the most quick access, whatever the quick, whatever we can quickly access in relation to shark attacks, that becomes what we tend to overvalue and overweigh, right? So the fourth part of that is we overweigh the availability of information. So we, so we surround, so, so then we arrive at the yes, shark attacks are quite frequent. And then we remember an example. So in reality, the frequency of shark attacks in and of themselves is constantly being measured against your availability to the information that you have, that bias that you have with the availability of information. Right. So so flow with me a little bit. So like, let's think about that as it relates to anything that we're doing, any part of our path or our journey that we're on in life. Is there if there's ever a space where we want to see ourselves kind of growing or exceeding beyond, we have to understand that some of those limitations and some of those judgments that we have on ourselves or any situation, a lot of that value is coming from whatever we have the easiest 
ability to be able to access. Right. So when it comes to where we feel as if there's an opportunity for us to be challenged or we're met with complex details or information or if someone's trying to give us a more complex way of seeing things, we tend to fall back on whatever we can easily access in our own logic and thinking. So instead of being challenged and going and, and partaking in the complexities of whatever's being presented to you and hearing the argument all the way through its end and seeing, OK, what can I take from this person's perspective? We have a tendency of falling back on what we feel pretty confident in because we have it because it's the most available to us instead of instead of surrendering, settling for the quickest access of information we have and challenging ourselves to dig a little deeper. So when I think about the availability bias, for me, I, I have to be honest, I started going on the journey with myself and saying, okay, what things do I know for sure? And what things do I feel may fall into this availability bias, right? It's such a subconscious thing that when you start turning your eye toward it and being conscious about it, it creates an opportunity for you to get better. And I think that's what we're all, that's, that's what we're all, you know, working towards, at least what I hope this podcast is about is creating opportunities for us to continue to grow and get better as human beings, right? So I had to ask myself, Fahim, where are there opportunities or where are there ways or things that you may have a, a pretty ironclad point of view on, right? That maybe if you were willing to be challenged on, or maybe if you were more, if you were willing to kind of be encouraged to dig a little deeper and to explore other points of points of view on this said subject, and you weren't as quickly connecting all the weight in the world to whatever was the easiest for you to access as it relates to this particular subject, as it relates to this particular situation, if you're willing to challenge yourself and not settle for that easiest low hanging fruit, where is there an opportunity for you to grow? Right. And that's where and that's where the, the and that's where the power of coming up, coming up um, uh, across new information. And that's why I say everything magical is in a book somewhere, because I think when you learn more, you learn when you when you come across more information, you learn you learn more. And when you learn more, you can apply more mindfully in your life. And then if you apply more mindfully in your life, then the, the chances of you being able to grow and evolve as a person within your light and your purpose goes up significantly. So here's yet another opportunity for me to use something that before I came across it in the literature, I was completely oblivious to. But now that I have a better understanding and, it's, and listen, it's still something that I'm figuring out so that I can communicate more eloquently about what it means. Um, and that takes me just kind of digging into it a little bit deeper. But I just wanted to share. I was in a rush to share because I found it so powerful. Right. So then the question. So then I give that question to you. You know, if you're if you're thinking about. You know, if you're thinking about like the the phrase or if you're thinking about availability bias, where in your life do you believe or can you connect to being hardwired to think a certain thing because it's easier for you to have access to it? And where can you challenge yourself to not just rest on what you have access to, but more importantly, challenge yourself to grow and, and to try to see things from a new perspective. And it's not to say that it may change the information that you have. It's not to say that it's automatically going to um, conflict with whatever you have 
um, available about that subject or about the situation. But by challenging yourself to say, I'm not going to go with the easiest thing for me to do or the easiest or the most accessible thing for me to connect to, I'm going to challenge myself to see where there's a growth opportunity. I think that's what we're ultimately trying to do. And whether you're an individual who just wants to live a better life, whether you're someone that works in the corporate space or you're a professional athlete, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And we're all trying to get better at this thing called life. And I think that if we start using vehicles like literature and coming across certain topics and certain schools of thoughts or certain ideas, then that's where we can hopefully be intrigued enough to be willing to do the work. So one of the things that I'm working on and I'm taking courage to to put effort towards this week is trying to find and crowd out as many opportunities I can um, that speak to that availability bias. And I encourage you to do the same. Right. I wonder if and, and, and share what you come up with, your what you may settle on or certain things in your life that may be different from mine, which is cool. And we can all share and grow from that. But I challenge you to kind of apply it to your life and see where that shows up for you, um, because I thought it was helpful. And, and even and even just kind of wrestling with it and being with it for um, for just this for just today, I've already found ways where I could apply it and grow from it. So I hope you find it helpful. Cheers.